Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> Are you really ready? Yeah. That is outside. It's not inside, yeah. I don't think I'd be using it. That's a flat blender. Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Here on Filling in the Gaps, we discuss puzzle games and puzzling movies. Today we're going to talk about a game called Lost in Random. Now I'm not sure that this game really fits. There, <laughs> There is an achievement for solving all the puzzles in the game and I think there are about five. <laughs> However, what I would say is that this is a game that we've wanted to play for a long time just because it looks very interesting, it has an interesting set of mechanics, and I would say that this is sort of the halfway step into something that Darren has been trying to convince me that we should do, which is possibly discuss some board games and going into sort of their mechanics and, and filling in the understanding and maybe a bit of strategy. Mm. And there is a bit of board game in this, so let's consider this our, our halfway step. <laughs> as far as details, developed by Zoink and Thunderful, published by Electronic Arts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the face? <laughs> Let's get into that in a minute. Let me get the details out of the way. It's fairly recent. It is from September of 2021. Recent and overall very positive on Steam. Mm -hmm. At base, it's about $30. For me, it took about 20 hours to play. I'd say maybe less. I'm not really sure. So it was about 22 and a half by Steam standards. But I'm always, when I'm playing for the podcast, stopping to take notes. And that doesn't count times that I went to the bathroom and left the game running or answered a phone call, something like that. So I would say my estimate would be about 20, but it might actually be a little bit less. Not terrible when you can get it at 50% off. I got this for six or seven bucks, man. Yeah, which I think is what I got it for as well. At that, it's fairly worth it. Mm -hmm. I think I have some real gripes with the game. I also have some real love for the game. I will say that I definitely lean towards this was a fun experience. But when we get into the spoiler section, I know what I'm like, and I'm probably just going to start harping on the negatives. So let me just say it now. Overall, I do think it's a fun game, and it is worth playing. It's also free on EA Play. You don't have to pay anything for it, well, other than the subscription. Yeah, which if you've never done EA Play, they often run the $1, and even if not, I think it's $5? 5 a month or 30 You can get Usually you can get like a yearly discount for like 30 something dollars for the whole year. Let me read their Steam description. Play the odds in Lost and Random, TM. Yeah, why is that? I hate that so much. I don't understand. I really don't get it. I don't get it either. I mean, unless they're planning on coming out with cartoons, comic books, some of that. Maybe maybe they've decided to to trademark the name. A a, a board game, perhaps? That's totally fine, but I don't think on the Steam page that you need to (laughs) TM it. Unless if you're going to trademark something, then you're legally obliged to trade, to put TM after all the time. I don't know. I don't know. There's there's some legalese there, I think, maybe. I've said it now, so if every time we mention it, we need to say TM. (laughs) I'm not doing it every time. See you in court. Let's do a blanket TM here. (laughs) But play the odds in Lost and Random, a gothic fairy tale inspired action adventure where every citizen's fate is determined by a roll of dice. Which is pretty much true, given the story. We can't get into it too much because we're in the spoiler-free section. It is, but it's not as much as I thought it was going to be. And I also don't know why in my head I thought this was going to have more puzzle elements. It's not even a tag on the Steam page. Mm. 
I think I was expecting it to be a bit more costume quest. Right. And it did not feel I, like I, that. I was too, because even when I texted you, I, I started playing it and I'm like, because we'd, we'd agreed to play it and we were doing it for the podcast. And then I was like, man, I think you're going to like this game more than me because it definitely initially had that costume quest kind of feel to it. But it turned out probably the opposite. <laughs> I probably ended up liking this more than you did. That's possible. I am not sure if I would be quite so harsh on it if it weren't for the podcast where I'm really starting to evaluate all the different aspects of it. If I was just playing this casually, it probably wouldn't have bothered me as much, but I was really paying attention to a lot of things that made the game feel cheaper in make than it should. Okay, well, you're going to have to explain that later on, but... Yeah, and (laughs) with that, I think that I am probably shoot us into the spoiler section because I don't have too much to say. Just some basic mechanics. Mm -hmm. You have a combat system, which is a combination of dice and cards. You can earn cards by finding currency in the world. And also when you finish certain battles, you get more currency or sometimes you get a card. It matters the dice roll because of how many cards you can play. Or yeah, how much yeah. each card is worth. Yeah, your your dice roll is basically your mana. So it's not like Hearthstone where it, it creeps up like one, then two, the next round. It's just like, it's random. I like that. I think it does work pretty well. But what I would say for me is most everything happened by the fourth section of the game. And there are six sections in the game. So it made the ending feel not as great. And I think that that's a big part of it is what you leave me with at the end is the sort of lasting memory that I have. Also, I think the game cheats as well. <laughs> because on those rolls, those I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I died like twice in this game. I seemed to just pull cards when I needed them. Like, oh, I'm almost out of health. Boom, there it is, my health, my health card. I w- wish I rolled more than a three for this card. Boom, there it is. It's like the game helped me a lot. And there's no, dif- as far as I know, there's no difficulty. There is. Oh, there is. Oh, well, I just, I just, I just played it on whatever the, the default, default is normal. Okay, yeah. No, I don't know what easy would be. I guess easy, <laughs> easy would be cheating for you. Maybe, I yeah. Guess. I'm not sure that I necessarily feel that way. I think the fact that the game limits you to 15 cards does play into that fact. Mm. And what you choose also plays into that fact. When you're drawing. Crazy build by the end of it, man. I was just destroying everything. <laughs> But keep in mind, when you only have 15 cards, and if you have a full hand of five, you've got a third of your cards every time. Yeah, and the mechanics of the game are, it's not like once you use the card, it's gone. It just seems to shuffle back into your deck. It does, which I didn't understand at first, but later that helped me a lot because I realized I don't need to necessarily have two of this card because if I build up a full hand, I'll have... Like 33% of your deck in your hand. Exactly. It is an interesting mechanic. Would I want to see Lost or Random 2? Possibly. But I suppose that comes down to how I feel after we've talked through all the spoilers (laughs) and all of the story. With that, though, I think it's time to lead us into the spoiler section. So I would recommend it, but definitely on sale. I would too, on sale. And with that, if you don't care about spoilers, or if you've already played Lost and Random, TM... (laughs) You can join us. Here it is, your spoiler warning. Okay, let me start with why I gave that EA thing. I had to start with the EA nonsense. (laughs) Like, I already accepted the 
user agreement when I installed the game. Yeah. And then it made me do another one yeah. when I started this game. Why do I have to do it twice? Apparently, Origin isn't a thing anymore. It's an EA app now. Okay. Or maybe it is, but because we're doing it through Steam, they want us to do an app. But basically, I had to do a bunch of EA nonsense again of when do I actually get to start my game? Yeah, it takes quite a while to start up. Yeah, it's not it's not just like click, boom, you're in. It takes like 45 seconds to get into the game. Well, in this case, I had to install the EA app, which makes it so that it starts every time the computer starts. I've noticed that now. Every time I start my computer, I've got that big yeah. old rectangle thing. It's like, God, I want rid of you. Go away. And I must have missed something on the install to like have that always pop up on startup. I think that's just them making that do that. So you have to go in and undo it. Mm. And it doesn't work because guess what, EA? When I start my computer, the internet isn't registering yet. So every time I start my computer, the app tells me, oh, the internet isn't set up yet. You should restart the EA app. Why did I start you on start anyway then? Because you never work on start. It doesn't wait for the internet to come. It's almost like it boots itself before anything else I'm on my first. computer. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Windows. <laughs> Get out of here, internet. Oh, wait, I need, I need you, you, internet. <laughs> this, though, has happened every time that you and I have tried an EA game, especially what, No Way Out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was terrible, figuring yeah, that one out Because it, awesome. it used to be EA, what's it called? EA Thin, I think it was called, or something like that. It was like a light version of the Origins page. But yeah, I've noticed that's gone now, yeah. That, that's what you meant then, yeah. That is a pain, a real pain. There's also just some EA stuff that I noticed throughout the game. And one of those things, I guess I'll get it out of the way now. I feel like they went a bit cheap on character design. Um. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I noticed about the game was... The camera angles are pretty awkward sometimes, and the running is weird. Was the running weird for you? I don't know that it, it was... glitches. It's like, it's like it's missing some frames. She doesn't run properly. She glitches forward. If you walk in, it's fine. But when you're running, she's got this weird... They've just not drawn a few frames for her. I didn't notice that, but I will say the running is so slow. <laughs> it's almost pointless to even hit the button. Yeah. I did find an article, I think, on... Game Rant, because there was a point where, and I think that it was glitched, like I found a bug, and so I was looking for what are common bugs, and I hated that article so much, because most of the eight things, eight common bugs, Mm -hmm. were not even bugs. It was like, improve your map, make the running faster. (laughs) All of the things are like, these are not bugs, these are game design choices. It's not a bug, it's a feature. (laughs) When I talk about how they went cheap on character design, it's not so much that. It's not so much that some of the weird camera angles make it so that we're seeing through characters' heads and they become a sort of pixelated just Mm -hmm. series of dots. I can deal with that. I can handle it. What I'm saying is there are some characters that are speaking characters that seem important to the story and then they use the exact same model for just random NPCs at other times. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like the, the old recycled, we've got 10 characters, and you're just going to keep seeing them again and again. And we're not even going to change the color of them this time. <laughs> They're just all the same. I'm sure that there are minor changes, but it just didn't feel like it. And yeah. it's a weird set of characters and sort of number of characters where 
I would say for me, it would make sense if there were hundreds of characters on the screen, but there aren't. Mm -hmm. This feels a bit like an indie small game, maybe something like Broken Age, right? Where we played that, and that had a lot of characters, but every character looked different. Every character had something. And this feels like the same amount of characters per level. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if this is a AAA game anyway. I mean, I think this is more of an indie AA and I did get a double fine feel for it when I started it. That's why I thought you'd like it, actually, because I was like, I definitely got that double fine vibe. Certainly, the character design, the way the aesthetic looks, very similar to me to Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also got a bit of a Nightmare Before Christmas vibe in some of the in one of the cities. It was the mayor one, Two Town. Uh, I got a bit of that vibe. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And also, I meant to say before, despite all the EA nonsense, it's like EA has made a decent single player game now. For that, I'm thankful. It's like it's not just these multiplayer microtransaction garbage that they've been spewing out time and time again for the last 10 years. Finally, to get a decent single-player game is a breath of fresh air from EA, to be honest. I can respect that. I do think, though, say if you're going to use the same character design over and over, there should be some sort of uniformity to the characters or saying that they're part of a culture of some sort, Mm. but they all just seem completely random. Hence the name. (laughs) Yeah, but in a way that doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Even you go to a different city, it's like one of the characters follows you, or a couple of characters follow you from city to city. That explains the same people being there, but why is the upside-down fish guy here again? Like, why is the wolf man here? Why is the wolf man... Well, why is the yeah like it's interesting you say wolfman because I thought it was a rat maybe yeah I don't know what it is whatever um, it is but that one is one where we see almost in every one of the worlds and yet times. there doesn't seem to be any sort of consistency with that not having a similar voice or a similar way of speaking some characters speak in a, gibberish yeah like a weird language yeah which when there's only twenty people in a city. It seems like that'd be pretty hard to manage. That was one thing I was going to ask you. Like, do you have any idea why they chose to, like, have 90% of the characters in English and then 10% of the characters just nonsense? And is there actually one point where you speak to a character, it's in English for a bit, and then when you back out from him, he starts speaking in that weird language? (laughs) Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Makes no sense. I don't understand. Maybe I am looking at this wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be looking at this as an EA game. Mm. But this is the type of thing. <laughs> I mean, they published it, that's it. But as far as it goes, I mean, pretty sure, yeah. Small, not maybe not a small studio, but Indie, AA, and EA just said, yeah, we'll try and make money off that. And they finally, finally decided to take a gamble on a proper single-player game. And I think it's paid off because, I mean, I'm pretty sure this game was fairly successful on launch. Okay, well, I've got that out of the way. I just think that there are some, particularly the kid who's got the weird thing on his chin. I don't know if it's meant to be a worm or a bandage. It's just something. He's one of the kids we meet in the first Mm. area. And then there's just at least one other time where he's just a random NPC and he's not actually the same character. Mm -hmm. When you give such a unique feature to a character, it seems like "Mm, that should maybe only happen once unless there's a reason for it. Right. But it makes it all the more obvious that they were reusing assets. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I don't mind. But when when it's this small of a world, then I feel like it needs a bit more world building to give consistency to all of the 
characters who look like they're upside down or all of the characters who look like fish. There should be something more than just they look the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to start the game as Alexandra with a die friend fortune. And I, I am going to also going to get it out of the way. I will be referring to one as a die and not dice. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I was like, am I wrong here? <laughs> like, is it one dice? Because I'm sure it's one die, but they keep saying dice. And then you get to the end of the game, it's like they make a, it comes into it. Yeah. For me, that was about 12 hours in. And yeah. I said, oh, 12 hours so in? Have you been doing this whole thing for that one yeah, joke? that's the thing. It's like, so were you, you purposefully gave the wrong name to this for the whole game, just so at the end of the game you can say, it's not dice, it's die. It's like, wow. <laughs> but I also am not totally convinced that they understood what they were doing with that line. I think they're just trying to have even say, you should die. I So I'm kind of convinced that they don't know that it's one die. How could dice. you make a game about dice and not know that the singular of dice is die? I think it's easy to make it. I think what I find difficult is that none of the QA people said anything. There's a lot of QA people. Did you watch the credits? <laughs> no, because I actually skipped it because it said continue. Yeah. I thought it was going to speed up the credits. Instead, it just... Left the credits. I should have known better. Yeah. No, I, I watched the whole thing. There's nothing, there's nothing at the end. Okay. It just goes back to the title screen. I'm glad you did because I was a bit disappointed. I was afraid that I missed something. I mean, usually when they have a button like that, it means skip. There's something else. Yeah, which but, is what I wanted, yeah. But but I was like, I don't want to press it just in case because I never, I never do. I always watch the whole thing. And yeah, it's just like, oh, back to the title screen. That was disappointing. Yeah. Okay, but that's for the end. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that disappointment again at the end. <laughs> There's narration of the world where randomness is important to society, some epic contest that can change the course of lives or cost lives. You have combat where I think I had a hammer. You have sort of quick attack and heavy attack. We're going against, I put armed foes, but we find out later, I guess these are robots. Mm -hmm. Alexandra appears to die in the cutscene, but we don't see her die. The narrator says the era of dice rollers came to an end. But I'm a bit confused by that because... Well, because of the ending. We're in the spoiler section. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have this wrong in my notes. Okay. Maybe I wasn't Alexandra, or maybe it was Natalia. Because Natalia is the one who gets injured. It's not Alexandra. Yes. And they look the same. Yeah. So I may have just been confused, but... That's the thing is, throughout the whole game, I was kind of confused about that. Because mm. don't they look the same as our characters anyway? In many respects, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that going on. I don't think it affected me too much because I pretty much knew what the story was pretty early on. Mm -hmm. They don't really hide it. And that's okay for this kind of game. It's not meant to be, ooh, notice the big twist. It's a fairy tale. Yeah. They say that even in the description, a gothic fairy tale. And you can use the tropes that you would expect. And that's fine. I think the story is okay. I feel like it's a little thin for the amount of game that we have. But I don't mind. Yeah. I didn't like that I lost here, though, because I didn't feel like I was losing. No, no, I was, I was winning, definitely. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm not. <laughs> Which happened later in the game, too. Mm -hmm. The cutscene makes us lose. I do not like that. <laughs> I was winning. I was I doing keep good. going. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to cut then to 
modern time. Even, which, yes, even and odd, I get it, numbers, but even is a terrible name for a character. Because of how often it makes it sound like they're using even in a different way in the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, even, I didn't know that. Yeah. Even, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is part of, I'm not sure if all the voice actors knew. I will say a lot of the voice acting I thought was pretty good in this game. Yeah, I like the I like the narrator. The narrator is fantastic. And the way they play around with a bit of meta stuff with the narrator mm-hmm. is pretty funny. It reminds me of Danger Mouse back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's, yeah, that's a good call, actually. So I'm pretty okay with that. I just couldn't get over the number of times they said even, and I wasn't sure if they were talking about the name or if they were using it within the sentence. Yeah. One thing, though, is, and one of the reasons why I'm not going to go back to get achievements is because there's just, there's a lot of dialogue trees in this game, man, and I found it a bit tedious to click through it all. I'm really just going to put that out there now. It's like, I, I like the game. I'm not really a much of a repeat player. I'm not a big Chivo hunter unless it's easy to get them. I would say these are pretty easy to get. The six I think I don't have. I looked at it and went... Those are actually all doable. I just didn't know I needed to do some, some of those Some of them things. are so late in the game for me as well. You know... Just... Yeah, because you'd have to play all the way through. Yeah, because I missed a page and I saw where it was. And I hate it when games do this where they're like, go left or go right. Oh, you went left? Sucker. Door closes. Oh, man, it was the other way. Was it in level five? It, yeah. Level five is a nightmare for that. And we'll, we'll get to that when we get to yeah. five. But... That's also where I missed my only page. And guess I got to the end of the game and I was like scrounging coins. I missed the achievement to collect all the cards by one card. I couldn't get the really? last. Couldn't get the last card, man. That okay. That to me is because you said, "Oh, it's shocking. easy," and I was like, "Man, I'm getting close to the end." And it's like I was like at the end, like and it, Manny's there, and I'm like, "There's one pot behind me." And I was like, "Maybe this will just have like enough. It'll have like 200 coins just to put me over the edge." And it had like seven coins in it. I was like. I had 2,500 coins at the end because... Uh, <laughs> sorry, let me do that again. Wow, that's crazy. No, I had I had 76 or something like that. I had so many because I... Just every time I saw one of those pots, I was hitting it. So, and so did I. I thought I was doing great. And they, and they would reappear. They but... would reappear, which was very generous of the game. And they will reappear if you exit the game and come back in. So anytime I had to stop playing Mm. and came back in, they were all there again. And World 4 in particular just seemed to have every corner. World 4 was full of them, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is why pretty much by the beginning of World 5, I already had all the cards. Which to me, I think you might have gotten off with a better experience because of that. Because I was collecting coins in the random thought that maybe there will be a bonus card right at the end Hmm. or the coins will be useful in some way since i have so many of them they must be worth it so i still kept collecting them Hmm. just in case right in a world that's random how do you know yeah some of the ones though like at the beginning where even leaves and you go back and the narrator says even doesn't want to knock on the door or something you actually if you do knock on the door you get an achievement. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I mean. A lot of them that I don't have seem pretty easy. There's one about using so many cards in a round, and I'm not exactly sure what a round means or how that would work, because I think it was something like eight, and I was thinking, well, it's not possible since I only get five at a time. 
if you drew, I guess if you drew three game cards, then you could do it because they every time you play a game card, you draw a card, so that would give you eight. Oh, okay. Then maybe that is the trick. When it comes to the dialogue trees you're talking about, my thing is, what's the point? Yeah. Because it seems like no matter what you choose, you're going to get the same conversation. Not entirely. Well, again, I don't know because uh, I would need the time machine or to play the game again and remember what I picked. But I remember specifically this one point where I was talking to a guy and I was rude to him. And he's like, well, I'm not going to speak to you anymore if you're going to talk to me like that. And I was like, yeah, right game. Nudge, nudge. I'll just come back in a minute. And it's like, no, he's not speaking to me anymore. All I missed was a bit of dialogue, probably. Maybe some money or some of that, maybe. Because I did notice that if, if you did complete dialogue trees with some people in the right way, you do get something. Hmm. But in some of them, like, for example, when I was talking to someone, it was the Count, I threatened him and he just gave me the finger. Not the not the middle finger. He gave me the finger that, that we were looking for. I didn't do any quest for him. I just bullied him into giving me the finger. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I did do the quest for him. I did go and do it anyway, but I got that off of him just by being mean to him. So there are options in the game to go both ways. So it, it does make a difference. Some of the dialogue options I don't really like, and I don't really like the fact that, for example, talking to Dicey, where we don't understand what Dicey is saying. But she does. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're good about giving a good idea of what was said, but other times... I get nothing. And I, mean, I suppose it's that R2-D2 thing then, is it? Like, just everybody understands R2, but we don't. But at least with R2, you get an understanding of what he could mean. Yes, that's a big part of why you need C-3PO, is to translate for the audience. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Chewbacca, right? Yeah. But those are typically done pretty well. Yeah. This, a lot of times, did not feel like it. Because you could say two radically different things, and the response doesn't tell me anything mm-hmm. even will say you're right dicey right about what <laughs> <laughs> or i feel the same the same as what that yeah. doesn't give me anything so that to me is a bad choice and yeah some of the dialogues take a long time especially if you're trying to do a particular quest mm-hmm. in world four uh, for berg mm-hmm. there is that game that makes no sense and you have to talk to them until you win and you just have to keep guessing the right thing to say until you win i was walking around hoping to get rules from somebody else Ah. and didn't i think that would have been a better way to do that Mm. okay before we get into (laughs) really complaining about everything about the game let's do get through the story Mm -hmm. so the story is like i said pretty simple straightforward but i don't mind because it's meant to be a fairy tale and In fairy tales, I feel you can get away with that. Yeah, predictable. You know what's coming. Good is good. Evil is evil. But we have one gray-ish character, Mm -hmm. which we will get to. In the beginning, it's even playing with her friends. She's pretending to be the queen with the die, (laughs) the black die, which rules the world. Mm -hmm. Robot spider gondolas appear. The kids freak out. Odd, her sister, smashes the die because no one's allowed to have one. Mm-hmm. And then they try to get home. On the way home, they're going to see Nanny Fortuna. She is the henchman, the lead hench person, I guess, of <laughs> the queen. We find out this whole thing about kids when they turn 12 have to roll the queen's die. And that decides their fate. Sort of. Yeah. It sends them to a particular place. 
one is your scrapyard, and then two through five don't really seem to make much difference, honestly, as far as what your your class standing matters. But what does it matter when you're not allowed to go between worlds anyway? Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's absolutely no point to it. It's like you can just be happy as a wanna forever. And they're all awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems to get worse. Actually, the one town seems the best place for me. It's like, yep, life's simple here. Not really a lot going on. I, I wouldn't like to live in two town with all that split personality stuff. I wouldn't like to live in the third one where there's a war going on. Yeah, it's just, it's all a mess. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, how would anybody know since they can't visit and nobody mm. can report between worlds as well, except for people like Nanny Fortuna? Mm. We have to, as our characters run and hide, get home, hide in the secret basement trap door of the teapot house, even gives her sister a cupcake with a birthday candle in it. But cutscene. They're pulled out of there by the robots. Odd is forced to roll. She gets a six, which apparently is the best. Mm -hmm. And that begins the quest. Because Eve wants to go get her sister away from the queen. Not sure I really understand the motivation at this point. This is the way the world works. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure why she thinks, one, that she can, and two, that she should. There's the weird ghost that we see. That she somehow thinks is Odd's ghost, but that also doesn't make any sense. How would that happen unless Odd is dead already? <laughs> and the biggest complaint here at the beginning for me is that we don't really get to see enough of Even and Odd and their chemistry together. They aren't twins, so they don't have that going for them. It's not the inherent, that's my twin and we need to be together. Mm -hmm. That, to me, would have worked a bit better. Yeah, if they got separated. Yeah, you know. if even had rolled a one, but odd had rolled a six, mm -hmm. we need to be together. That I would understand. But at this point, it just doesn't really seem to work for me. And so later when we see odds, quote unquote, transformation, it doesn't mean anything to me. Because outside of the moment of even giving the cupcake, they were kind of bickering all the way back home. And that's all we've seen. Yeah. So... <laughs> We don't really know who Odd is, and it makes that bit feel a bit hollow. In a fairy tale that's three pages long, that's fine. In a game that took me 20 hours to play, that's to me where, what I was talking before, it feels a bit thin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to follow the ghost and eventually end up on the ship. We have to hide out with this one guy. Basically tutorial. Yeah. Do keep in mind, though, that the one area is where they collect the scrap. And this is one thing that I love about the game as more knowledge is given to you, you understand how the world functions better. This scrap, wherever it comes from, that's the weird part. I don't know where it keeps coming <laughs> from. That is used to make all of the things the queen wants, in particular, the robots. Yeah, which then you turn into scrap and then maybe it gets recycled. <laughs> they dump it back in one town again. I don't know. I'm sure it does, though it is a bit strange that it, gets made that way considering that the robots come from cards. So are the cards made from the metal? No, I think the cards just summon them, don't they, I guess. So oh, so are they stored somewhere else and then they get teleported? Magic, Magic. yeah, yeah. I like that better, actually, because that's where I got confused. You're making cards, but you're saying the robots are made out of metal. Mm. I thought they were just made out of magic. I don't understand. But if 
there's a storehouse somewhere <laughs> and they get called when needed. That actually works better for yeah. me. I do like that. In between each level, we get a sort of nightmare world where you can't really do anything. It's essentially a walking cutscene. Run awkwardly at an angle to the camera constantly. <laughs> just get together, man, with those walking things. Like, just <laughs> stop angling me off by five degrees off of north. Just let me go straight. One thing that is nice about the game is typically you can't fall off things. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for falling off stuff with that horrible walking mechanic. But no, you can't, so that's good. You also though, can't jump, which is a bit frustrating. Yeah, I kept on pressing the space bar thinking that was jump, and I was like, that's the weirdest jump I've ever seen, but it's not. It's the dodge button. For me, at least, in my playthrough, I also had the issue of getting stuck on scenery. Yeah, I did a lot as well. Which a jump feels like that might have saved it. Yeah. The nightmares also give a lot of times the impression that we're watching Odd in her life. And I'm not sure how that connection happens or why. Just magic, I guess. We also seem to get bits of Odd as though we can see what she's doing. Mm. But I wasn't sure if this was just in Even's head or if we were somehow magically actually getting to see what Odd was doing. By the end of the game, you find out, yes, apparently we are seeing what Odd is doing. But I didn't know that, and I didn't know how to really react to any of this stuff. I just saw it as a dream connection, that's all. I didn't think too much about it, to be honest. The ship crashes, and we end up in the Valley of the Dice. After Mary Poppinsing our way out of it. Right. For the first time in the game. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we have to wander around. We get our first taste of battle after we find Dicey. And there's a giant die that you can talk to as well, who is still alive, and these seem to be the last two that are alive. Mm -hmm. There is one bit that looked so much like I could walk up a ramp and get into a secret area, but I could not, and it was very frustrating. Oh yeah, I did that, and it triggered the next cutscene. So I think I think we I, go inside it, yeah. I thought I could. It looked like it was designed mm. for me to walk up, but I could not walk oh, really? up it. So. We could be thinking about two different Maybe. little areas. There's a big ramp that's obvious, but there's one that's just this hole with a ramp that oh. looks like, oh, I can walk up there, and there's going to be a secret card in mm. there or something. This is where we learn to battle. This is where we learn to do the two buttons at the same time, which does not work well in this game at all. Mm. And I hated it pretty much every time. Did you play on controller? I did. Yeah. Keyboard and mouse works fine. It's just it's the same as any other game. It's just right click to hold to aim and then left click to fire. It didn't seem to lock onto the button though. It does I uh, no I, mm, Yeah. I don't think there's a I don't think there's an auto aim. It gets pretty close though, I think. It's quite I I don't know. I had no problems with it. It was fine. Okay, I'm glad it worked out for you. <laughs> On the controller, it did not. Bad. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I was I, often having I, I to. I missed a few times for sure. I was often having to shoot something if the gate was going up when Dicey was on the button. I would have to shoot it almost before the gate even goes up just to hope it would get through in the second that Dicey's walking across the button. Uh... And it was a bit of a problem in combat as well because Dicey wasn't really going where I was sending Dicey a lot of times. That is an issue, definitely. And the, the sending out thing doesn't work great. It doesn't seem to work as well when the battlefield is congested, you know, and there's a ton of stuff happening. That send out thing doesn't work very well. Yeah, so I find like me hitting static pots was actually harder than hitting the moving targets, like the, the crystals growing out of them. 
Um, I found it to be just the opposite. Right. I could lock onto the pots pretty easily. It was only times where the pots were over some sort of barrier, and the the barrier was much bigger than it visually appeared to be. Yeah, the hitbox, the hidden hitbox. It's like, nope, you can't do that. (laughs) Well, I'm throwing a gripe in here. I also don't like the save system. Is there a save system? Well, did you... (laughs) Did you have to start the game over from the beginning? No, no, it just auto-saves. That's the save system. Okay, well... (laughs) (laughs) It needs to have, or I feel it should have, a manual save somewhere. I think because I played the game pretty much, because I'm playing it for the podcast, I think I played it almost in like three chunks. So I don't think I really needed the save system. There are a number of times where I stopped playing and then had to go back a bit further than Uh, I thought I was. Right. And in a world where you have to explore Mm. and talk to a bunch of characters, it's tough to go, oh, when when did it last save? So it doesn't save like after every dialogue or doesn't save after everything? I'm not sure. that's, That's not good, yeah. It will say saving in the top right. But that seemed to only happen when you went into like a kind of a newish area or like a loading a new a new part of the map. That was the only time I could be sure yeah. that it is saved. Mm-hmm. Other times I was playing longer than I probably wanted to just to make sure I got to a point where it did save. Right. So I would know where I was and where I was starting. There were just too many times where I wasn't sure. And life happens and I have to go do other things. I can't just play this game nonstop and EA... Thanks as well. Part of their app tells me about every 10 minutes that excessive gameplay is harmful to your life. You're going to see that on the video we make for this YouTube video. Yeah, I got that a lot because I was playing this game for like four or five hours at a time. Stop. Just stop. Oh, you're so responsible, EA. (laughs) In this world, we do get to fight a lot of our basics. Our rooks, our pawns, our colossi. I don't know why they didn't go with bishops at some point. Yeah. It's like they half did the chess idea and then went, eh, let's do some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you you get to do the buttons. You get to do some basic battles. And then you're going to end up, I think, outside of the village of two where a guy collecting trash calls us a dirty trash snake or something. Mm throws them down the garbage after Dicey pokes the guy in the eye. Mm -hmm. What I like is we do see the character later. That's nice. It seemed like it was a one-off, and actually he's important in a small way to the story later. Two-Town, where, as you said before, everybody has two personalities. The queen will roll her black die, and that will decide their personality for the day. I'm guessing it's an even and odd switch. Yeah. We get to see it happen, they're super happy, and then they become super depressed. I really wanted more of that, but it seems like you get one roll per day. Mm -hmm. We are going to get up to the mayor, who has the shadow version of himself, Ram, building an upside-down version of Two-Town, and that's the big gossip and the big news of the day, because that's all anybody seems to want to talk about. You're going to do some stuff to get up there. Once you get up there, you're going to talk to Ram, who is awful at rhyming. And he wants to learn how to rap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need to do a bunch of things to earn the ability to destroy his moon. And you do that by gaining rhymes from posters you find. 
Mm -hmm. I did find it amusing that he rhymes terribly. Uh And there's one... And we can fill in the blanks for him and give him the worst ones. Did you do that? I was always just doing it. No, I didn't. Yeah, I know. I picked all the bad ones. You did? Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if that... Did that change anything? I don't think so. It's just funny. (laughs) Okay. When I did it, he just got annoyed at how good I was at rhyming. Ah. What was he saying to you? He's like, he's like, I tell him that line, and he's like, oh, that's that's great, yeah. And then he'd say it, and he's like, hey, that doesn't work. <laughs> oh, okay. That's funny in and of itself. So I do like that. His battle was okay. You get to destroy the moon, and then... Well, I'll say that. Let's get into that, because that leads into the board game part of the game, where you have a giant piece, and landing on different sections can do different things. You can have a character like the shooting one who will be a block on the board until you kill that character. Mm -hmm. You have things like bombs that will get dropped on certain other ones. You have to run around collecting the crystals off of the characters so that you can play cards. And it all works together here and it works together pretty well. I like the board game sections of this uh, sort of arena battle and they do enough different things with each one that it really keeps it interesting yeah i like that that they switched it up i thought it was just gonna be oh it's just gonna be the same thing over and over again some of them are there's a couple that are the same or at least very similar but i'd say most of them are different they've all got some kind of mechanic to them exactly some sort of gimmick to Mm. each one this first one though is just Try to understand how this works. Yeah, just move the piece, get it to the end of the board. It's just basically a, a circle, isn't it? Like a, a semicircle or something like that around? Something like that in this one. What you also need to understand, though, is you need to move the piece through whatever barrier into the next section because each of the board games has a, a different section. So you have to mm. move through that. It was interesting. I think I like this better than the actual boss battle where you have to battle giant ram the boss but i just got right up in his face and just smashed him and just it felt like button mashing to me this part kind of dumb after that people are going to be happier the super giant mayor is going to be happier in fact later we're going to find out that they build this statue to even's oh, honor yeah. <laughs> and that the upside down place is going to be an amusement park. Yeah. She's like, oh, of course it's an amusement park when, when I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the first town where we meet Manny Dex, mm-hmm. the living store, which is a really weird situation. He just looks like he's wearing it. It's a guy wearing a closet. <laughs> they try to make it sound like it's part of his body. It doesn't look like that no. at all. I think it's here in my notes where I put, what's up with the lip syncing in this game? Mm. Uh, there isn't any. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was originally based on a different language, but... Maybe. It looks awful. A lot of times they are still moving their mouths when they've finished talking long ago. And the more I played, the more that bothered me. Yeah. Also, some of the languages they speak in the game, some of it is clearly gibberish. But some of it, I wonder if it's actually based on a real language or if it is a real language, you know? Like, some of it sounded like Welsh or Polish or something like that. I don't know what languages they're speaking. But some of them seem like legit languages, but I just don't know. I just can't place them. Before we can get into the threedom, we mm-hmm. have to... Get a pip. Yes, because we have to roll a three. We'll be the first one in ages to be able to do that. We have to do some side quests, I think, in order to 
get the things we need for Lisbeth, who I think is one of the rats, but you think is a yeah, wolf. Yeah, a wolf. <laughs> one thing I really like here is Lisbeth is somebody who seems really dubious, but once we get the sort of dead D4 and give it to her, we find out actually she's a part of a faction that remembers life before the queen took over, remembers when things were better, and promises to take the die and bury it in the Valley of the Dice. Mm. So, actually seems nice in the end. Yeah. To get the pips, though, we have to help Seymour, because Nanny took two of his eyes. That's what we need to get from Ram, is we need to get the eyes to give him back. Seymour is a fun character, well-voiced, mm-hmm. has one giant eye, two smaller ones. He needs to see in three dimensions in order to add the pips. It's very weird, though, that he's only adding... It feels like he's only adding one pip, but he hammers about four of them into place. I think it means one for each side, though, doesn't it? So it's like, I think on like the, the side that has, like let's say the side that has five, it's only got two pips in there. So he hammers in a third pip into that one, a third pip to make up the third one, three out of the four for the fourth side. I think that's what he's doing. Oh, okay, that would make more sense. Because that, that, that means that you can only roll up to two. Even if, so even if you roll a six, you're still only rolling a two because there's only two pips in there. That makes much more sense then. I Just add one. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me the others. Yeah. But it means that we're going to have to find more pips later. Yeah. Threedom is an area that has a three-way civil war. Three siblings all think that their father was killed by one or two of their other siblings. And so they just have this giant war going with colossal robots. Yeah. And it says they only get one move a day, but I feel like we saw multiple moves here. And of course, the scary thing here is that Dicey can make the move too. So for each little area that we go to, we can roll and they will move. They'll get another move. Yeah. I think that's only just so we can just move around the town, isn't it? It's just to get them out of the way. It gets the guards out of the way as well. Yeah. I kind of like this town. I, I enjoyed this place more than two towns. Actually, no, I, I like I like two towns. And, and then I got to three towns. I was like, whoa, this is much bigger and more complicated. As I began to move my way through it, I was like, no, I kind of like this level the most now. This is one of those games where the world's each level map seems huge until you understand it. And then you go, actually, it's not that yeah, big. It's like six rooms, basically. <laughs> Walking around here is Nishka, who used to be the king's bodyguard, but failed. Mm -hmm. And she's lost her mind. She needs us to gather items from each of the children, plus the murder weapon, in order to get her memory back. Mm -hmm. We also encounter the shadow man, who steals Bernard, or in the United States we would say Bernard. Bernard, yep. Bernie, and puts Bernie inside of himself. Where it's cold and Bernie's going to die, I guess. Unless we do what the Shadow Man wants, which is to stop the Civil War. Yes. He annoyingly will come out and constantly tell us we're not moving fast enough. I like the Shadow Man. I like the Shadow Man's voice. But I'm going to say this now. I think they overdid the amount of voices that they manipulated. Nanny, Fortuna, is manipulated. Shadow Man, there's just so many characters where they seem to have added these effects to the voices. I think you want to hold back and save those for your big bads. Maybe Nana Fortuna, definitely the Queen, Shadow Man maybe, 
But I feel like even a lot of the regular characters we're talking to felt like they were adding a sort of demonic tinge to them that was Mm -hmm. a bit unnecessary and overdone. That's probably just my own personal gripe, though. You didn't notice. I I mean, I noticed that they were definitely more auto-tuned than than a Justin Bieber song, but yeah, some of it was weird. It was just like over the top. Uh, especially with the Shadow Man, I noticed like, whoa, he's like got some serious reverb in his voice. But nah, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't bother me. Because I, I, I mean, like for the regular characters, they, a lot of them, uh, like, like we said at the beginning, they were well voiced, and they had. That's a weird thing. They had more voice actors than they did characters. You know what I mean? Because like the the normal human looking people, there was like Irish people, Scottish people, Americans. There was like a whole bunch of people voicing those characters. Um, or maybe it's just a very talented one person. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Because who was it at the end? What's his name? The, the janitor. He was doing all the voices for all the cardboard cutouts, I think. But yeah. We go to each area. For the Count, he wants his stuffed toy, which I guess you just bossed him around. I went and got it. Yeah, I bullied him. Just like, give me the finger. I'm good. I, I love this Count, man. I love it. It's like, what are you talking about? I just arrived here today. He's like, yeah, from assassin school? <laughs> he's like totally paranoid that he's going to be assassinated. He's brilliant. This is where I kind of like really got into the voice acting and the, the, the kind of characters of this game. I love this guy. But yeah, so I was just like, nah, I'm just going to be mean to this guy. So I just was like, picked all the, if you don't give me the finger, I'm going to assassinate you right here and now. And he's like, all right, just take it. But you kind of need to do the plushy thing anyway, because you need, you need the other items to help whatever her name is, Nishka, remember. So you've got to get the plushie anyway. Okay. With the Duke, he's very big and eats and everybody's sick of the party it's a non-stop party to pretend that the war isn't happening i guess cake every day yeah i used to like cake <laughs> but not i'm having it for breakfast lunch and dinner not so much yeah you have to learn the proper way to talk to him mm-hmm. which comes in handy later on it does for a very mini side quest was it the trash lord or whatever Something his name is like that yeah you have the baroness who is the toughest of the three, because for that one you have to do an arena battle board game where there is a cannon tower. I love this board game. It's one of my favorite ones. Which it continually starts to earn another cannon, I think up to four. Mm. You have to get your piece onto the corners in order to destroy it. I did lose it this one once, and then a second time I got it. Yeah, I didn't even do this as well. I did this game really weirdly. Like, I just went, she's like, I challenge you, and I was like, nah. I'll just go and find it myself. And I went off and I got the murder weapon. And then <laughs> and then I was like, I should probably go and check that out. I could have just not done it. Which I, and, and I was getting into that. I was like, yeah, this is cool. It's like the game's giving you choices. Like the game's allowing you to, you know, you're skipping things, you're missing stuff. But if you didn't want, if you didn't like those board games, you don't have to do them. I thought that it was locked off. I didn't realize you could just go and find it. I went, I went and got it. Because after you talk to her... One thing that I like about the game is when you're talking to characters, it'll sometimes the camera will pan to a different angle and it's like, oh, there's a coin pot behind him. I'll get that after this is done. When you're talking to the queen, the camera pans up a bit and you see that weird cave mouth thing where the sword's stuck in. And I was like, oh, well, there's the murder weapon. I'll go and get that. And then I don't have to do this. And then I got it, had that cutscene, And then I was like, I should really go back and see what that's all about. So I went back up and, and did it. I was like, please don't make me have to fight my way back up to the top again. But thankfully, all the guards are done by that point. So I just went, fought my way to the top, went back down, and then was like, yeah, just went back up again. But I didn't have to deal with all the, those mini boss battles again. Plenty of side quests here. Say hi to my cousin for me. Take this letter to my lover. Mm-hmm. All of those kind of things. The weird ghost sisters that just seem to know even. 
Was that ever explained? Not really. No? <laughs> okay, I was just... I think you, you meet them at the sword bridges, and then there's three options. It's like, I just picked, so you're a ghost? And then she said something that was like, not yes, not no, and then she just disappeared. So it's like, I'm guessing she was a ghost? All right. Yeah. Once you have all the pieces, though, for Nishka's memory, then there's a cutscene. The bell rings, signifying that it's peacetime again. She berates the three for misbehaving for so long, mm. and that pretty much ends this section. There's a nightmare with a rhyme about sisters and fate. We see the queen force Odd to push Lucky, one of the children from one, mm -hmm. off some sort of edge. Dice demand a sacrifice. But Lucky's at the end of the game anyway. Right. But that's the idea is we don't know that. Mm. So we don't know how far Odd has changed, but we're given the impression that she's becoming evil. I was under the impression that the die was going to become evil. Did you get that vibe? Like, there was some dialogue choices where it was like, Dicey was going to be the one to flip. I didn't get that, but this is part of where things feel thin for me in the story. Because you can roll Dicey and it gives the Colossus robots an extra turn, mm -hmm. that scared even. And she thought it was too powerful and it worried her. But I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. What difference does that really make? And I think you're still learning about all the things that Dicey can do. Why is that a problem? Dicey can do what the black die can do. Mm -hmm. Great. You've got a great weapon to use. Nothing about Dicey seems evil. So why are you so scared all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. It didn't make any sense to me. It feels like one of those times where... They're trying to give an obstacle, but there isn't one. Mm -hmm. And that leads into five as well when we get to it. Let's talk Forberg. Forberg is my favorite. I like Forberg. It seemed huge until I walked around enough to realize that it's not that big. There are pots everywhere. The side quests, a lot of them were pretty interesting. I liked what a lot of the characters were doing here. The ghost story thing. I didn't like the, like I said before, the just doing the dialogue tree to win the game that made no sense. Mm -hmm. That was the only dud one in, in this place, though. The ghost stories guy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And also... And the, that guy really loves his ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, almost like frothing at the mouth over them. The fortune teller with the different rugs. Yes. And then having to do different board game battles to earn different threads. So here we rescue the person who insulted us throwing us into the trash outside of the two area we have the woman who's too obsessed with her lover who we just send a letter back was that the one where the balls rotated around the thing i think it is yeah so you have to drop giant mines basically yeah. which will attack and destroy some of the other oh, yeah. enemies i use that a lot <laughs> and in fact enemies often would attack each other well inadvertently mm -hmm. if you have the character that shoots and you have one of the rooks between you the rook will get hit yeah which is nice unfortunately a lot of my cards did stuff that would also hit me as well that bow that explodes tipped arrows man from rambo <laughs> that was basically all i used by the end of it and that and the curse that made the crystals do damage as well yeah that was, that was my final build. It was like, yep, I'm happy now. 
I had a number of different ones. I think that's one thing that I did really like is that I did actually feel like I had time to play around with different stuff and see what worked. And I tried pretty much every card, I think. I thought there was going to be higher level cards, though. I did, too. I expected more about the card. Maybe we can section off the cards in another, in another part of this. That's and probably talk fair. about it. Because there's a lot more that I was hoping for. And uh, I mean, it, it, it was fine, but it was a very simple card game. We do get to see Uma, who pops out of murky water as a giant frog, gives the pips we need to make Dicey level 5. Luckily, Seymour's in town, Mm -hmm. so he can fix that for us. We fight the (laughs) Foreman. Foreman, the high roller. Some of the names in this game are really good, though. I've got to give them that. Like, There's a guy, I think he's in this place as well. He's called Carpet DM. (laughs) (laughs) This fight didn't feel too bad. I was annoyed. This was another one of those times where the cutscene made me lose, but I was doing okay the first time I was fighting the foreman. I wanted to finish that fight. Yeah. If you want me to lose, just make me lose and really, really make it impossible. Otherwise, it feels like I can win this. Yeah. Especially in a game where the combat doesn't feel that hard. No, exactly. It was easy peasy. Once we do that, though, we have... Ludo Betts and Bruno Betts, the brothers, are back together again. They have their Time Lord bag, which is bigger on the inside. What a surprise. They're trying to betray us. Yeah, didn't see that one coming. But the bag eats people? That was really weird, because there's nobody but ghosts inside. Mm. And they said that the bag was never satisfied. The brothers tried to fill it with everything. Dirt, rocks. But once it got the taste of flesh... I don't see any sort of eating mechanism in here at all. The D&D bag of devouring, man. The brothers come in, you have a fight, pop out, they're skeletons. They take you to Death, who gives us a ride to the next town. I love Death in this. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I'm glad you do. I hated Death uh, in this one. I was fine with it until Death started talking, and then... Yeah, I wrote down, when Death spoke, I nearly spat out my drink. That was very unexpected. Yeah, it's not what I want. That's funny. Come on. No. (sighs) You can't make me think something's funny just by telling me it's funny. Put a gun to your head. You're going to have fun, Justin. No, it doesn't work that way. Five Tropolis, where the great cards used to be made, but now the Queen's robot cards are made, I guess. In a very weird way. So you have the five different characters the true card makers Mm. no there's one aspect of it that i just don't understand why they put it in there you've got the visionary who has the eye he's Mm. going to give us the eye so that we can give that to seymour later yeah he's going to lead us on a quest of you need to make your dream card and he has the idea for it and sends it off and we need to follow five tropolis is just a nightmare of get to the next section have a fight get to the next section, have a fight, get to the next section, have a fight. But also, if you're trying to do all of the side quests, get all the cards, get the story page, you can often see it, like you said, from the cutscene of riding a card to the next section, Mm. but have no idea how to get there. And if you take the wrong turn, you're now locked out. There's a side quest about find the person who stole the music. I thought I needed to go to the next section to find that person. But No, you can't even go back again. Even the very opening thing, this is where a save point really hurt me. The very opening area of Tropolis, you need to get a bit of history, and there are three characters to talk to. Two in that opening section. Well, I talked to them, 
And then it was late, so I left the game. Mm-hmm. When I came back, the game would not let me talk to those two characters again, and it was not checked off on my list of side quests. Ah. So I was blocked from talking to them because apparently the game realized I already talked to them, but without giving me the check so that I could actually finish that quest. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the music quest was easy. It was the guy who walked past who was playing the song. I assumed it was, you just have to go but I went to the to wrong place. Yeah. As soon as you said my music, I just went straight back out, down the hill, grabbed him. You get an option, basically, to give me the book, give me the song, or it's like, no, go and give the song to everybody. You, you sing it. It's yours now. But I was just like, just give it to me. I need cards. <laughs> I do like that song. Yeah, me too. And it's in the credits. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and the other side quest of speaking through the walkie-talkie. Yeah, you're basically doing an old choose text adventure. adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Not really choose your adventure, like text adventure. You see an open passageway. You see a dark passageway. Which way do you go? <laughs> I hear a growling noise. I hear silence. Which way should I go, even? I did actually really like this. Because you can just do it until you get it right and then move yeah. on. Yeah. We're going to see the painter who kind of explains how everything works. I really like the painter. I think mm-hmm. really fun character and useful information here about what else is going on. The next one is the one that I just don't get. The glue one? Who makes a card by gluing the front to the back? I just don't think that's the way cards are made. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe in the old days they would make it this way. You can strip cards apart. They seem like they've got ply to them, don't they? But is that not just the thick paper (laughs) that you can tear apart? That you can split down the middle? I I, I don't know. I guess he glues on that thing that they've made of, like, even with the dust. Right. But that's my thing of why didn't you just paint the front and back the same? Who knows? You know, like just paint onto it. Why are you giving me this little thing that you have to glue Mm. on with the glue from your face? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like licks or something like that. There was a fun little fight here where you can hit a button and close the gate so that the enemies can be kind of singled out. Oh, yeah, yeah. This was fight. That helped. But I will say, I think this is the area where we start to get some of the enemies that I just don't like. The fire enemies. The ones that are always electric and you can't melee attack them. And you also can't shoot through them without getting hurt. You know, you have that mechanic of dodging through someone to get their crystals. Mm. Especially when you have to start a battle with only those two. Because when you start a battle, you have nothing. Yeah. You're always starting from zero and you Sling need something. Yeah, so you have to, yeah. Did you use the poison much, the shadow man? Nah. Okay, because I, I guess I should probably save that for later, but the thing is, the slingshot becomes poison, so when you hit the crystals, uh... it does a little bit of damage instead of no damage. Okay. It was about this point that I, I was getting desperate to find anything that actually worked against those because I was getting crushed. Yeah, the explosive arrows and the, the crystal curse thing work a treat. The enemy, I think it's in Fight Town, the, the one enemy that I thought was really good, was really challenging, was the Queen Shadow. Yes, that appears here. I didn't really think it was good at first. By the end, I was okay with it. I but think I, it's the hardest enemy in the game, to be honest. She moves when you're picking cards. Right, which is really frustrating. Yeah, yeah you've got to be quick to choose your cards. You um, have to run away as far as possible. And yeah. some of the arenas with her were very small. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have much room to run away to give yourself time to get your cards. That first time I battled her was really frustrating. Mm. 
the way that she turns into a sort of shadow on the floor and the only way to get her to come out seems to be either to use the thing that brings everything together in a kind of one second vortex or to do the dodge when the shadow is just under you. Mm -hmm. I did not like it at first, but by the end, I knew the rules. There just seemed to be a lot of new rules that had to do with that character. And at first it didn't feel fair. Yeah. Uh, basically, your strategy there is just get rid of her as quickly as possible <laughs> and then and deal with the rest later. Our next card member is the alchemist mm-hmm. who says that we're just stupid and yeah, worthless. That doesn't and, like us very much, does he? Yeah. And then we get the rule master at the end. So those are the five. We kind of work up to that. Then we have a fight at the top of the tower where they, of course, are going to be vulnerable while they're making the card. We have to do a fight. I think this is one of the ones where I died. I was so close. I think I had the last big robot down to what should have been one hit, Mm. but it got the hit in first. I made a bad choice, and yeah, I was out. You get your card, and it's called a dream card because it works in the dream. Yeah, it's not your dream card, like, oh, yeah, let's just solve all my problems with this card. Right, which there were a couple funny lines that you could choose, like, make it so I'm invulnerable for, like, 15 to 30 minutes. (laughs) Make Make the queen into a frog so I can squish her. That is important, though, because throughout this whole area, the narrator had been kidnapped Mm -hmm. and the queen had taken over. This is another part that, to me, it's an amusing idea and I like the concept, but the execution felt a bit weak because the idea is that even now is supposed to feel depressed and like she can't do anything. But the problem is... Throughout 4, they made her suddenly want to go home instead of continuing on, which made no sense to me. It would have made more sense to me if they had started that idea of I just want to go home after the queen had started narrating and saying terrible things and even going, I feel terrible, but I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Saying that there's sort of a meta thing where the narrator affects the character. That would have worked for me, but when you're saying... I suddenly want to go home instead of continue on the mission that I've been doing and it hasn't really felt that long yet or or that challenging yet. To do it here, it's more amusing than it is really fitting. Yeah, it just seems like it's just something to fill out the story a bit and just to do something a little bit different. It didn't seem to have a purpose really. Which leads, I guess, to let's jump to Sixtopia. Sixtopia, yeah. Like Utopia, which is a cardboard town. Mm. And a janitor who hates Albert because his head's always falling off. And so he makes Albert speak with a very annoying voice and also very insulting. I like how the janitor's beard is part of his mop. It's so long that it makes up his mop. It's brilliant. And he was just left here to rot, basically. The queen said, I'm going to leave you here, so you have to basically suffer alone. Mm. With the dream card, though, even has been able to kick the queen out. So now she can attack Sixtopia With the vigor she had before, I guess. She's going to get into a sort of maze, an area that I do not like just because some of the battles, you can skip one. There's one that's really tough because it's really tight. Ah, with the healing crystal. With the healing crystal, and it heals them so quickly. Yeah, Yeah, I went in there, I I died there, because I went in there with all uh, hands-on weapons, or mostly hands-on weapons, and it's impossible. You can't seem to hit them hard enough or fast enough 
I mean, I really like that big hammer thing that you get, that big club. I don't because I feel like it's too slow. I switched back to the sword. Mm. I tried the lance. I, I tried, tried the, the, the hammer. terrible. But they both felt a bit too slow, whereas the sword was immediate. Mm. And I just seemed to like it so much more. Right. I, I like the hammer. I just couldn't couldn't get it. So I was like, yep, yeah, back to the old arrows again then. So I just went back to my previous build and was like, yeah, I got it then. But yeah, that healing crystal thing. And then you get to that next area, which is full of crystals. It's like, <sighs> because you're looking down at it going, I've got to go down there. This is going to be a nightmare. But it wasn't because none of the none of them switched on. Right. Which made me wonder if they had set it up and found out in QA it was just way too right, hard. Right. <laughs> because I also had that nightmare of no i i don't want to do this one yeah there's the area where you have to rescue seymour mm -hmm. i had a bit of trouble with that one as well because there are two healing crystals one on a like a bridge mm -hmm. and then the one at the bottom of the stairs right trying to kill them in between the or around the corner i just got them away on the other side of that one from the stairs and just kind of backed myself into the corner got them to follow me and then just pummeled them if you can yeah because yeah. i mean those exploding arrows they, it's a no-brainer because they just fall down and you just you just ping them on the, on the ground you can hit two three people at the same time with those arrows it's great i was annoyed here because i realized i'd missed a storybook page so i like the storybook how it sort of gives you the overall story about what happened but even that by the time i got to the ninth one most of it seemed to be redacted so i was like what's the point of this anyway mm. and would the tenth one be even worse that didn't feel great. Yeah, because there's one actually in this level where you, if you, when you're fighting, if you go up on the bridge that's blocked off and you can see it, just like, oh, I remember to go back and get that one. But yeah, there was one, it's either after this or before this, where it's like a part where you jump down. And it's just right and there. And it's across the other side, up, up another ledge. Oh, okay. But it's like, you can go right or you can go left. And if you go left, then the iceberg things, the rocks, crystals come up behind you. It's like... Oh, come on. It's like, well, hopefully this is the right direction. I just got to loop around and get that. But no, I think you have to go right and up and around to get it. Or maybe I missed something. Maybe maybe I was going the right way, but I couldn't see it. I'm not sure. I remember that there was one by the two crystal battle that was tough for me because it was just on the other side of a gate that was blocked yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. That goes away after you win the fight. Yeah. There's one that just after I get off the bridge, it's just right there. But I don't remember where the third one was. I do remember there being three. Mm. But I found all of them. But then... Realized, no, I did miss one. In five? I'm pretty sure it's the one in five. That I, I didn't even see it. Like, well, you said you saw it when you were riding the I cards. think I saw it when I was riding the card. Mm. But seeing it in a cutscene and then actually finding it on the map are two different things. And yeah. so many things in five, I just left the area too soon. Because the rest of the game trained me that you can always come back and explore again. But apparently not here. But not here. <laughs> yeah. Seymour is in rough shape, but at least you can give him the visionary's eye so he can function. Mm -hmm. You're going to get to a battle with Nanny Fortuna where she basically does the same battle she did before when you were on the the gondola robot thing. Running around, throwing bombs, sending enemies after you, but you just need to smash her bomb as she's holding it. And that does more damage than anything else that you can <laughs> pretty much do to her. The exploding arrows do work as well. Mm. Weird bit where she almost tries to get even to feel sorry for her. <laughs> that is not happening. Go in and see the throne room. One statue for each of the six parts of the world as well. A series of portals and different angles to see the conversation the queen is having with these three giant heads. Sort of fates, I yeah. guess. 
The queen wants Odd to be her successor. I've done so much. This is the thing I ask. You make her my heir. She will continue on after I can't anymore. And then you get to fight Odd. Odd annoyingly will teleport around the place. She will not be there for you to get your sneaky hit in during the pause time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she will have dark clones of herself where you can get crystals off. They will hurt you, but I really think they're more just a way to get crystals because I don't think Odd has any crystals on her. No, and there's a few attached to the walls, but they don't come back after you shoot them. So it's like once you shoot them, they're done. And so then the, the shadow odds appear. This is where after you beat it, now Odd, who we have seen dressed like the queen with the same mask and the same sort of black feather dress, mm-hmm. the mask is split in half. Odd says, trust me, throws dicey, a portal is created, and then you jump off. And as you get through the portal, Odd magically has her old clothes back. <laughs> now we have to fight the queen. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Now the queen's shadow was harder. Yeah. Because I was expecting the queen to move in this as well, but she doesn't. The queen's shadow is the only one that moves while you're picking your cards. So it's like, all right. I don't even know what that black smoke around her does because I never I never got in a situation where I was trapped in it. I don't know if it is a vortex. I don't know if it's a poison because it seems to come and go. I think it does hurt you. Okay, I know. I never even got close enough. By that point, I was too... Those arrows, man. It's OP. <laughs> <laughs> you beat that and then... The queen has her redemption part of her arc, I guess, where... I mean, we've snuck down through the passage. We've seen that it's her sister that's been trapped here. Mm -hmm. The ghost we've been following is her sister's ghost. The sister says she's been in pain the whole time. (laughs) She's been trapped in time. And we also get that the queen has been doing this just to try to save her sister from death. Just why didn't you ask the three heads, man? (laughs) Well, I think that that's what they gave her. I think they gave her this bubble to freeze her in time rather than actually saving her. Uh. Thus sort of enslaving the queen and thus the queen Mm -hmm. enslaves the world. Which is what we get from the storybook is that the death of her sister and the games that were once fun became too dangerous. Her sister died. And then the queen started to take over the world so that there wouldn't be so much random. There would be one black die to rule them all. And that's what I feel, is that these heads gave her the boon of your sister won't die, but she's going to be sort of trapped in time, and you must do what we want, or else she will die. Right. But the sister basically asks for death, says you've changed too much. The queen in her redemption basically says... Get out of here. I'm going to take care of them. You run out. Dicey spits out umbrellas. You float down to the credits. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I would kind of like to have seen that fight or to be part of that fight or to help the queen or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're maybe like lost in random too. Possibly. We don't know what happened to them. Mm -hmm. So it could be the thing where we have to take on those three heads. That would be something that they could do easily Mm. and maybe have the queen guide us throughout. That Mm. could be an interesting turn of events. I think the queen does look great. Yeah. I think that the queen, that motivation to me works and makes sense, at least the way I've interpreted what the heads are and what they have done to her. But it felt a bit unsatisfying here because I wanted to know what happened. Right. And also... 
the whole we're going to float down, but we don't know where we're going to land. If they land outside, maybe the next game would have two dice and we can do up to 12 instead of six. Yeah, maybe. Something like that could be interesting. Oh, there's more to this world than we knew than just our six areas. There's 12 areas. Yeah. Overall, not bad. It just, as I've said multiple times, feels a bit thin for how long the game is. But that's kind of a gripe I have with most video game stories, is I feel that they are counting on you to feel so motivated because you've been that character. But in this one, some of the choices they've made the character go through with the, I just want to go home, or I'm suddenly feeling sad because the queen is telling me I'm feeling sad, just feels weak to me. Mm -hmm. Overall, though, it is fun. So let's talk about cards. Obviously, the bow, the explosive bow for you. Explosive bow, yeah. I didn't even use all the cards. I didn't even try them all out, to be honest. I think I did pretty much everything except the move a piece on the game board, because I assumed that the piece on the game board... Sadly, I don't think they really did this. The One of the earliest game boards, you were able to get extra money, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to skip over that one. I was afraid <laughs> that I would be skipping over it by having that. It would have helped out a lot in the freedom with the Baroness where I could have moved it one more spot onto the cannon instead of onto the protective wall. Right. But I didn't really feel I needed it. No, the only, the only benefit that has, because I, I left it, I, I put it in my hand for one of them. It was one of the, the big ones where it was that big long gauntlet where you had to go. I was like, I, I want more. I want to I want to move through this quicker. Uh, or, the, or the one with the moving wall. The moving wall that, c- that kills you. And then it's like, oh, but it also draws another card for you. That's, that's an interesting mechanic. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, d- I didn't understand the cards as well because the cards you buy from Manny, how many can you buy of each card? Four? It seemed like a lot. It seemed like I was just, I was buying cards from him when I was like, dude, I don't want any more cards. I don't need any more cards. And that's one of my complaints. With only having 15 slots, you don't really, outside of maybe health, I didn't really double up on anything. I certainly don't need three copies of a card. Yes. You know, like, so I, I don't understand why. Because I think you could, if you really wanted to guarantee, like, this is a thing. So if I wanted to do blink damage all the time, then having four of those in my deck would make sense because I would always be getting that. And I thought that there were some interesting ways you could just go... This is the only kind of damage I'm doing. Mm. But when you have enemies, like you said, those electric fire ones that stop you, Mm -hmm. well, now I can't actually do whatever I want. I have to do different kinds. I like the screaming bloob because... Never used it. It would do damage anytime it was hit. So you could just hit it with the slingshot. And that would do damage when you had nothing else. It only cost one as well. It's quite Mm -hmm. cheap. And anytime they would hit it, it would also effect as well i thought it, it just broke the crystals though I don't, I don't think it does damage does it do damage it does if you use the curse that oh, right, yeah. uses the damage anytime a crystal is damaged mm. then it's great yeah i do think it knocks everything back though and slows them down okay so i found that one quite useful the hand was worthless yeah i i tried it a couple times and i just didn't think it did enough damage for the, what it was the doing three bombs is a good one yes i even like the single bomb yep. but Three was good. You just have to be careful not to blow yourself up. Yeah, don't do that in a corner. (laughs) Same thing with any of the cannons, the poison cannon or the explosive cannon, because I'm pretty sure both of those damage you as well. 
didn't really like that as much. That was one of the things I liked about the blue, is it didn't actually damage even. Okay. It would only attack the enemies around. I wasn't a big fan of the curse one either, like the cursed dome, where you had to keep them inside that and you could do a bit of extra damage. I the time stop one? No, there's one where you can, if you if you lead them into this dome... Yes, okay, it makes them weak. You can do more damage to them. Yeah. yeah. I preferred the time one. I used the time one for a lot of the early game. Does it really slow them down a lot? Yes. Ah, uh, okay, I see. I, I never... They're practically standing still. Ah, uh, okay, because I never used it, because I was like, I saw the curse one, I was like, meh got to get them to go right through it. Especially the flying pawns. If you could catch them when they were in attack mode, so you could actually hit uh, them with your yeah. sword or your hammer, then that That's why I so like the better. hammer, because you can swat them out of the air with uh, the hammer. I just felt like the hammer was too slow for It me. is slow. It is slow. So you just got to use it well, I guess. Like You just got to time it more. But I, I like the sword. The sword was my go-to at the beginning, because it's fast, and you can, you can do that jump attack as well with it. There was the interesting one with the die connection with a sort of electric beam between. Oh, yeah, between. yeah. I tried that once, and I couldn't really get it to work well. I was like, nah, that's coming out. That was part of the reason I lost to the Shadow Queen the first time I faced ah, her, okay. was because I was trying to make that work, and it sort of works, but again, the you sending... you send Dicey off in one direction, and then you run in the other one, yeah? That's the best way to do it, I think, and I was having trouble getting Dicey to go where I mm. wanted, and a lot of times was popping back onto my back and I'm like Dicey that that does nothing now you have to go away you have to go away you're slicing my back off (laughs) how far away does it go then I don't know I don't think I was ever able to find out exactly how far because if you could go the whole way across an arena just go (laughs) that would be great I wonder if there was because I think there is an achievement for doing some good damage with that okay I think that there is probably a better way to play with that than I did Mm. And I got kind of frustrated and felt I had better stuff already. Yeah. Yeah, I gave up on that after one one try. I at first didn't like the Rule Master Bow because I didn't understand that it was doing explosive damage. Mm. I just got frustrated that it wasn't flying. You know, I would target it and it would just fall. Yeah, it doesn't go very far, that's for sure. <laughs> but once I realized, oh, it explodes and it can do more than one enemy damage at a time, I love that. Mm-hmm. I used a lot of the card where you can reduce the cost of cards. That's a good card. Especially since after you start earning pins and you can pin up to three cards, you can lock them in at the reduced rate. Yep. So you can actually get something that costs three down to zero mm. and eventually just use that when it <laughs> when it's zero. I had one of the cards where it would give me extra crystals Mm -hmm. the one where i would build crystals faster draw cards faster that was one of my favorite ones to use yeah i like i like that one as well and anything just to keep drawing cards basically yeah uma's grace which would give you a bubble which would save you from one hit not bad yeah that saved me a number of times when i was down into the red yeah very simple though that's even when i opened my first pack I was like, oh, even the color scheme and the design of those packs, I was like, that's very Hearthstone. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess it's EA, so they could get away with it. I think that's maybe why they chose that. I mean, did you not not think that was very Hearthstone? Like, it looked really like that to me. But it's EA, so maybe maybe they got permission. Can we make this like a Hearthstone kind of style? I don't think they'd even need it, though. They would need that if they wanted to take one of the actual, actual cards. cards. Yeah, I was expecting. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna have to relearn a new system. It's gonna take me a while. I'm really slow at learning that kind of stuff. 
I wasn't looking forward to it, but when I found out how simple it was, it's like, oh yeah, this is really, really easy. It is, but like you said... Maybe too easy. Having, I mean, yeah, I got all the cards, but I got one of each card way early. Now, I like that in the fact that I got to play around with it, and if you can get extra ones and you want to put two in your deck, that's good. Mm -hmm. But it kind of felt like about halfway through the game when I had most of them. Oh yeah, I had everything I needed by the three ten, I think. I do like that as you're earning the extra packs, there's no way it seems to not get all of the cards. Mm -hmm. Because I was quite worried that if I keep picking cheat, for example, which was one of my favorite sections, that I would end up with a bunch of cheat cards and not get enough of the damage. Like I would have Mm -hmm. some that were never unlocked, but the game doesn't do that. You will start to get to points where you'll see two damage in your choice oh clearly i need to get one of those and by the end when you get to 14 and 15 you have only a choice of two and then a choice of one so i do appreciate that because i didn't want to not have a card and not have gotten to explore a card but i did kind of feel like the dream card i was hoping would be something i'd actually get to play with Mm -hmm. story-wise it makes sense but i had already been playing with all the cards by that point so i was hoping at that point to get a new card yeah i thought the dream card was going to be something cool (laughs) unfortunately it wasn't it was just it was just a a plot device but yeah okay fair enough mcguffin away i will say for a first attempt of trying to combine these things a die roll and cards and the way that it works i mean the combat felt pretty easy i think because it worked pretty well yeah no no they definitely play tested it well and i can see that if you're in this game to play a cutesy adventure, you don't want to be bogged down with mechanics. of You don't want Magic the Gathering, you know, some complicated rule system. You just want to have fun and play it. So I think they balanced that quite well. I would say I think there is potential for this to go harder, though. On oh, yeah, definitely. And to go harder in the dice. And I wouldn't say to do that for Lost and Random 2 necessarily, but to make a totally different story, different world, but using similar mechanics could be really fun to play with and do a bit more with. Yeah, if they did a second game, what I'd love to see is like a like a a mode only the card game, like just a, or maybe like some kind of coliseum, you know, arena thing where it's like, okay, we're going to make it really challenging. You got to stack your decks properly. It's not going to be easy, you know. Just like beef it up a bit. That would be fun to play around with. Sort of a wave of arena battles. Like like arena in Hearthstone, basically, yeah, yeah. Or even yeah, it maybe even like arena, just like so like an arena where you get a random bunch of cards and you just get to choose them and see how far you can get. That'd be fun. But yeah, I'm not saying make it hard for the next game because I enjoyed the difficulty in this because yeah, it wasn't too challenging and I just wanted to get through it, you know, just mm. see what was going on. They could maybe do that as a bonus feature, mm. unlock the endless arena kind of right, thing, right? Just to see how far you could get. That could be fun. Yeah. With that, though, I kind of feel like that's the game. Mm -hmm. A bit thin on story for me, as I've said multiple, multiple (laughs) times here. But in a fairy tale, I'm okay with it. It is cute. I think some of the game, you know, as far as NPC and characters are also a bit thin in the way that they've not really... They've sort of thrown it all together, but not really thought about how this world works with the different types of characters and having some sort of consistency with those characters i feel like more could be done with that but it is a game that had an interesting combat mechanic that was fun 
It wasn't too challenging, so for us it was great. I think, personally, I'd like to see some puzzles added to the game more than what we got. The puzzles didn't even really feel like puzzles. They were find like a p- part of the story, like yeah, yeah, and find all of the buttons and hit them in time. Oh, oh, okay, is that it? Mm. That's it doesn't really feel like a puzzle. Like one of them was a sharpshooting puzzle, where basically, yeah, hit all five before the timer runs out. Oh, okay, is that it? Yeah, yeah. But that's me wanting puzzles because that's that's why we make this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But overall, I think it was a fun play. I don't know that I'm in any mood to rush back to play it again. But I think it was a good casual game, and I'm glad that I played. Gaps fill the more gaps created. Right, and before the chainsaw, 